everybody, welcome to another comic episode of Game My Mom Found. I am Mike Culberton, and who who's with me tonight? I got nothing. I am Peter Bingham Pankratz. And welcome back. Been a little bit since you've been on the show. Yeah, it's been a little while, but uh, I'm glad to be back. Glad to be talking about Star Wars, as always. <laughs> yeah, that's what we usually bring you on for most of the time. 90s Star Wars is, uh, you know, my thing, so. Oh, and before I get too far, uh, Peter, where, can, where my people might know you from? You may have, uh, you may remember me from my novel, The Fifth Civilization, which if you haven't read, go check it out. It's available on Amazon through Kindle and paperback form. It's The Fifth Civilization, a good sci-fi series. If you like Star Wars, you probably like that, too. I should really read that book one day. I own it. Every time we say it, every mm-hmm. time I encourage you, you'll love it. It's good, fast. And fast. I don't know where it went when we moved. <laughs> I don't I'll send you another copy. Just give me your address. I'll mail you one. All right. I'll sign it again. <laughs> All right. And I think we should introduce what we're here to talk about. This is actually something that was your idea, I should say, because I, I had heard of this book before. I want to say at some point randomly there is a toy of this with a comic with the first. There issue. were action figures. There were action figures. Yes. Yes. And I don't I think somebody I know had. The figure set in 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 box, and I think that's where I've seen this thing from. So we're going to be talking about Star Wars: The Dark Empire, just the first one, which came out in 1991 to 1992, six issues. There will be spoilers for a story that is no longer canon, but hey, and that's all I knew about it until this week. I just knew it existed because I know you mentioned it too. Yeah, when I was uh, younger, this was like my favorite Star Wars, you know, storyline. I, I have the trade. I have the trade issue, so the collected six issues. Uh, I don't have the six individual ones, but I, I had to buy another copy because I, I had torn up my other one, having destroyed it because I loved it so much. Um, <laughs> and for me, you know, it was just a it was just a grand story in the Star Wars in the Star Wars saga, kind of like harkening back to the original ones or the original movies, and that's why I liked it so much. It's from what I was doing a little bit of research before this episode. It sounds like was it one of the like this is they were writing this or pitching this before Timothy Zahn's books had started. I want to say yeah. So after as a little backstory, after Return of the Jedi, there was the the dark period where there was like no new, there was no novels, there was no TV shows. Of course, there were no books about it. But around 1991 or so, they got Timothy Zahn to do the Heir to the Empire trilogy. Uh, with Grand Admiral Thrawn. Um, but this was around the same time. Uh, I forget if it was, I think it was like pretty much simultaneously. I forget which one was first, but they had to kind of coordinate when the making of it because they wanted to make it somewhat consistent. So they had to had to choose like, okay, you can't talk about that, but you can talk about this, etc. with this book, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah there's something like that. Mm-hmm. I think he wanted to do a story right after Endor originally. Yeah. And they wouldn't let him. <laughs> Yeah, they wanted, I believe, so Lucas wanted the Zahn books. He had a lot of hopes on that. So I, I think this was supposed to be set before that, but then they made him, they made uh, Tom Veit, uh, the author, uh, do it, set it after the Thrawn trilogy. And so that's why at kind of the very beginning, there's some references to Grand Admiral Thrawn and stuff. It was kind of like a tacked on kind of. Oh, um, okay. It was kind of an afterthought. Like, it doesn't really play in the actual book. It's just, like, kind of the prologue. And I think that's just because it was a late addition to the, the story. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, if you read, like, the opening crawl or the, you know, crawl, you'll see some stuff in there. Okay. That's, that will tell you about it. I because also it can't, I can't find the toy set <laughs> that I remember seeing at one time. I cannot find it. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I know there were, like, limited edition action figures. There was maybe... A few of them, yeah. But maybe, I don't know sure if there was anything beyond that. I remember a two-pack of, like, Luke and somebody else on and with a comic in the background. This could be, I could be morphing memories and taking Shadow of the Empire is what I'm thinking of. Because I'm finding nothing when I'm Googling right now. Yeah. You know what? That could be right. Because Shadows was a big thing around a few years after this. Yeah. So and they did this... tons of toys. Yes, but there are there is a whole like 10 figure set of the Dark Empire. But I think it's right. also Dark Empire 2 and the last part of this, because there are characters that were not in the six issues. So I'm not going to mention them. Sir, forget about them. So that uh, I was like, oh, I'm like, OK, I see two characters I recognize that were not in this. I'm like, well, OK. So I have I've never read the Timothy's on trilogy, so I don't really know a lot of it. 
I've only read part of the first book or had it read to me, I should say. Yeah, I, I mean, I can kind of go like so it was after Battle of Endor, the Emperor dies. Sure he does. And Emperor dies. Uh, so we know. So we say. Uh, so we think. And then, um, you know, the Imperial factions are kind of fighting against each other, kind of like a remnant. And at some point, well, they don't t- at some point, the Empire loses the capital Coruscant to the rebel forces, the kind of new republics there. But in Dark Empire, I mean, sorry, in the Heir to the Empire, Grand Admiral Thrawn comes, who's his military genius, and he kind of unites the imperial factions together and it's like, we can finally defeat the New Republic. And he has all sorts of different schemes that I can't recall offhand. Well, but I think one of them, one of them was cloning um, an old Jedi master and then using him to fight Luke, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that sounds about right from the Vega I miss I remember. Yeah, there were three books. It's been a while, so I'm sure an actual Star Wars extreme expert could tell you more about them. But yeah, and that was kind of the it was kind of the so a, and after the drought of Star Wars, it's kind of like, oh, it's revitalized Star Wars. And now it was a bestseller book like on the New York Times list. And so everyone's like, we want more Star Wars. Now we haven't had it for almost a decade. And so Dark Empire came out. Probably, I think, a few months after Heir to the Empire. It's like, okay, you want more Star Wars? Here's this, too. And I'm pretty sure... And it was a smash hit from what I remember, too. Okay, I can see that. This was also published by Dark Horse. Yeah. Which was mostly had the Star Wars license at this time. I mean, because I know Marvel owned it, and they did their dumb things with it. Yeah. And then... When we dumb, I mean, they were 70s comics. 80s comics. They're not, they're not good comics, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, this and, was the beginning of the renaissance for Star Wars comics, yeah. And all this was canon for a long time. It was, yeah. No longer canon now, but I, I guess I didn't realize how this series actually continued on. I was thinking, okay, just you know, just stories and stories. But as I was doing research about and reading this comic, like this takes place, we said, after the Timothy Zahn trilogy, and it's all part of what Luke was doing after Return of the Jedi. And I think right. I love the idea of Luke after Return of the Jedi and where he's at. And there's not enough, at least there's not enough stories that weren't, now what's considered legends in my opinion before right yeah so like I, I mean i was excited to read this comic i was excited to finally dig into this thing because it's been on my list for probably over a decade i think you've been telling me about it but i just never got around to it that sounds about right yeah that happens with me but the show changes that first thing i do want to say is the cover really jumps out to me the covers look like movie posters yeah. the artist they got to do the cover art dave dorman does it a, i think he does a great job I love oh, the way sure. that they, they look and they, I feel like they captured pretty good of how the actors looked to the characters. Yeah. yeah perfect. They're superb work. Yeah. They pop out at you. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was also a little upset when I opened the first page. <laughs> I don't like the art. <laughs> okay. I knew that's a big point of contention for this series. Yeah. I, um, I hate the, I mean, the way they draw is fine, but when you draw faces, I'm not Okay. <laughs> Like it's, it was like the second or third page in the book where they first draw Leia and I couldn't tell that I'm like, oh, I couldn't even tell it was Leia. I couldn't even, I just, I couldn't, it's just the character's not feminine. It's not, it was like, okay, I just did not like it. I'm like, okay, you're basing this off an actress of a famous character, at least draw it a little close to how she looks. Yeah. That bothered me a little. That's the point of contention. I know I, I'm of a little bit different opinion because I, I think it's a very stylistically different than lots of other Star Wars comics, which are very cartoon, which are kind of either cartooning or comic-y, and they like kind of look like, kind of try to mimic the style of a comic book. And this one is kind of like, each section is a, is a color palette. It's done with watercolors, and I think some people that I've read online were very upset by this, and they're like, they hated the art. So you're not alone by saying that. Each like page is like a mood piece, like if some parts are all red and some parts are all blue, and I guess I really liked it as a kid because I thought it was so different than the other comics I, I, I saw, where it's kind of like a, a noir, where it's all one color giving you the mood, as opposed to just kind of a more cartoony comics method of drawing. So I, I really liked it. And the art was, I mean, the art popped out for me, and the art as a distinctive style, I really enjoyed it. And I know that for this series, it is a very contentious thing. So I think I might be in the minority who liked it. So the style is good. Yeah, I do like the style, and you are right. Like there are pages that are all a lot of one color, and there's a lot of big spreads in this. It's just yeah. the faces. The faces. I can sort of see that. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at what you're seeing, and I see that Han kind of doesn't. He doesn't really look like Harrison Ford in some places. So 
Yeah, it, it's mainly those two are the worst, Leia yeah. and Han. I think Luke does, he does resemble Mark Hamill in a bit of areas. He definitely has that mop of blonde hair that... I'm I'm okay more the way that he draws Luke. Yeah. I think also because Luke is going through a lot in this book that I can kind of see him being very different. It's just, it was mainly Leia when that bugged me the most. Okay. But I also really like Leia and Carrie Fisher, so I think that was part of it. Uh, well, we'll see how that how well they do her justice later in the book, too. Later in the series. So, even the first issue, it starts off with, is so, it's been so, I think, six years at this point since Return of the Jedi happened, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. And they have taken over different Imperial ships. They have Imperial Star Destroyer, and Lando and Luke had went down on a planet because they're in a war fighting with, uh, a civil war of the Empire. Yeah. They're fighting each other now, different factions. It's supposed to be Coruscant. They don't really talk it, but they mention oh. it in, very briefly in the opening. Okay, that planet is really fucked up at this point. Yeah. Which um, makes sense. I mean, I I feel like Coruscant would be just massacred at this point. Yeah. And they, they in the books, uh, in the books, which were the canon part of it, uh, the Coruscant had been captured by the rebels. And I think this is one, another remnant of the Timothy Zahn books being a late addition because they have Coruscant being held by the Imperials here. And I think they just had to retcon it to be like, oh, the Imperials captured it again. And now they're fighting on it. So it, it kind of it kind of is it kind of doesn't make a lot of sense if you look at the other canon at at this time canon materials, but I guess it works for if you just kind of ignore all that stuff. But yeah, it's supposed to be Coruscant, and there go the Imperial city, and they're fighting. They're, the Imperials are fighting, and they're not really paying attention to what the rebels are doing in this opening stuff. There's a really great spread with like Imperial walkers and like a big tank and like a Tie fighter that's a tank. All this stuff. There's some really cool scenes, and there's a scene with the Millennium Falcon yeah. <laughs> destroyed in AT-AT, and I'm just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's what that's what we want. That's what we want from our Star Wars. We want these big things being blown up. Like, I, I want to say the first time you see Luke, when he's standing in the ruins of the ship that crashed, he takes out an AT-AT with his lightsaber <laughs> to flex right. the blast back at it. This is the first point of the stuff that was later, that I wrote down as stuff that was later reused in the Star Wars sequel movies. Because Luke fighting an AT-AT oh. was, if we remember from The Last Jedi, a big plot point at the end of that movie. I've never heard of that movie. I'm sorry. You may not have heard of it, but, you know, I'm here to tell you it exists. And <laughs> some stuff, if not stolen, was subconsciously reworked for that movie from this from this series. Okay, I can I, I can definitely see a part. There was a part that hit that jumped out at me later in this book. Yeah. Oh, this there was, was not it. But there was multiple parts. I wrote down a few of them, but we can talk about that later. Yeah, I do love seeing Luke in this in this phase where he's so powerful and he's yeah. so like, I love that because you don't get enough of that. You don't get that all in the movies because it wasn't happening yet. No, I mean, he, he 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 not only deflects, he basically brings down the walker with his hand. It was force. I mean, it's, yeah. And it's like, oh, God, this guy is what's this guy up to? This guy is extremely powerful. That's what everyone's saying. And this is where I got hurt when Leia's talking to him because Leia and Han had came there to rescue him and I just see <laughs> Leia's face and I'm just like, ah, the art! <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It, but it, it is funny seeing one of the guys from uh, Return of the Jedi that was the pilot with Lando in the last movie. I don't remember his name. Antilles? Oh, well, it no, was Knee uh, Numb. Yeah. I don't know how the, to describe him, but people the, know. Uh, the uh, alien guy with like two double faces or whatever. Yes. Yeah, it's knee numb, I believe. <laughs> nope. We can't talk. Yeah, he doesn't speak English. Yeah, that guy. Right. It's good. It, they brought him back. It's cool seeing that. I mean, it, it's definitely interesting. And the whole, like, as they're fighting, the whole thing is that this, like, vortex or some energy, like, comes and then yeah. Luke goes into it for some reason. And it's fucking everything up. Yeah, it looks like, uh, I don't know if they mentioned it here, but it's a force storm. And you don't know it right then, but it's, like, a chaotic a chaotic storm. But yeah, it sucks everything up except Luke up and Luke goes into it willingly because he believes he know he can sense a dark presence like in the shadows and he knows that this vortex will lead to it. So he he goes into it. Is that why he's on the planet or did he just crash by accident and then it seemed it seemed like he was there on a mission and then I don't think they explicitly say it's because of that, but he he was on a planet and he realized while he was on Coruscant that something was happening. And so he was like, when he saw the force storm, he's like, "This war, I got to go into this vortex." 
so he could sense that he had to go into it. Yeah, he's sucked up in a kind of a brilliant pink display of light. It, yeah. it does look cool. And then he disappears for a bit, and then Han and, and Leia go back to Rebel Command. They're like, yeah, we lost Luke, even though they yeah. were sent there to rescue him. Yeah, and uh, the old gang is there, Admiral Akbar, Mon Bafa, and they say, this new this new thing is happening. Um, they're, they're in a cool base that's carved into mountains, which is kind of the traditional Rebel base. It is. And there are new machines that are the world devastators, they call them, that are kind of, they can kind of suck up a planet into their furnaces, and they're attacking Mon Calamari, the homeworld of Admiral Akbar. Yeah, I have issues with this. <laughs> Apart, yes. Please tell. <laughs> Part has to do with what the current canon is. So I'm like, I like the current canon better. Sure. Because that's talked about in the Clone Wars show, and it's talked about in the Darth Vader comic that came yeah. out. Uh, that takes place after episode three that I read. But my, one of my one of my complaints with it that's in this comic is that they say these are more powerful than the Death Star. Mm-hmm. And my opinion is, if it takes three ships to destroy a planet, and they don't even destroy the planet out of the six out of the four issues that this is happening, the Death Star goes aim, fire, right? And I wear slippers and shoot, <laughs> and there goes a planet. I mean, there's no. How can you say? I mean, you can say these are deadly, these are terrible, but you the Death Star was you hit a button. <laughs> I mean, he, he just said, fire, okay. <laughs> right, and you know, you may have had to power it up a bit, but it wasn't like, you didn't need three of them. No, and he waited, what, two hours was she in the cell, or maybe a day top, like it didn't take them. No, from the time that he starts trying to line up when she tells him where Alderaan is, or lies to him, yeah, it's not that long from the time that they send, they only have like less than a day, they have hours. Right, exactly. And I want to say, this comic takes place over more than a course of hours. Yeah, I think at least days for sure. At so least. How? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's my complaint. Yeah, that is one issue. And it became an issue with these in the later comics, which you don't have to talk about. But it was like the Empire, Emperor, the Empire has some new super weapon. And it's like kind of doing the Death Star formula of, oh, no, this is this is bigger than the Death Star. You know, be on be on alert for it. And. You can tell it was very expensive for the Empire to build, and then it kind of gets defeated quite easily. And it's kind of the same problem that some of the sequels had, where, uh, you know, let's just copy what the first movie had and do it anew. And so was it original? Did it need the World Devastator stuff? You know, I don't know if this comic was really helped by that, because I think it's not the main focus of the story. No, it's more about what's going on. I mean, also the other part of it is that like, I guess these were something that was the Empire had hidden at one point during the war, yeah. and, mm-hmm. which I can believe that because, I mean, you think about how gigantic the world or the universe would be that there would be things that you wouldn't realize that would be right. hidden somewhere because yeah. he didn't need them. But it also makes sense that he was building these things. Yeah, the Death Star. You didn't need Devastator because you have the Death Star. You go beep. It's done. <laughs> so my other issue with it. Mon Calamari being attacked is that. In the canon now, Mon Calamari has nothing on, on top. Everything's underwater. All the cities, everything is underwater. Yeah. And the planet is destroyed in the current canon. Yeah, I, I, I remember looking that up. I'm not all up on the current canon, but I did see that too. And that was definitely a was definitely a change. And here, you know, it has some cities. I think it has some ocean on it. I mean, there's definitely an aquatic part of it. But you the see... cities are built on the ocean in this comic, but in the current right. canon... Because in Clone Wars, they go to the cities underwater, and then in the Darth Vader comic, they blow up the planet, and all that's left of Adderall Akbar's race, I can't remember their name, not the Korans, they flee in the Mon Calamari. Yeah. Right? They flee and then join the Rebel Alliance, and a lot of the ships that they use to flee end up forming the Rebel Alliance. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like. I just like that canon better, so this was kind of like, eh, I mean, it's fine. I mean, it's, especially for the time, it's fine. Yeah. It was, you know, 30 years ago. So. I know. <laughs> I'm being picky. I wasn't, other than Devastators being dumb, the other part was me just, you know, complaining. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I can yeah, I can see that for sure. And I do find it amusing that when Luke goes into the portal, he brings R2-D2 with him. As always, he's got to tag along. Again, all the secrets that that little robot would have since nobody has wiped him at all, like, in no. years. Like, mm, Okay, let's maybe not bring him, but hey, uh, you know, it's Star Wars. I'm, I'm fine with that. I liked how he's like in a cell. Like he goes into the portal and he's in like a little Jedi cell and then he gets thrown into a Jedi cage. <laughs> yep. It's it just R2 is floating along too. He's going blue bleep, bleep. And yeah, and they just like, throw him in the cage with him. Like, have yeah, you not Luke's seen? just talking like, don't worry, R2. I know we're going. Stuff and 
I, I do like that he's very confident. Like even when they open the cage up and they think he's a prisoner, he just starts he just starts force pushing people out of the way. He's like, hey, I'm fine. Like I, yeah. I like seeing Luke, but it also makes sense because after Return of the Jedi and you have the heir of the Empire trilogy, you have Luke coming into him coming into his own. Like he's a powerful Jedi at this time. Mm-hmm. So that was cool to me, even though it's all part of a ploy because they're like the master's waiting for him anyway. That's what the master wants. So they they don't care. They're just doing what their bidding is, what his bidding is. Right. Yeah. And I, I like that. And this is this is when you run into Palpatine again. You find out that Palpatine didn't die when he right. got thrown down a filter into a down a vent into a place that blew up hours later. Two hundred eighty mile shaft into the main reactor of the Death Star, if I remember. Yeah, and it did. It blew up like less than an hour later. Had to have been. I mean, you're not gonna. I mean, you're not gonna survive being thrown down a you know twenty mile shaft into the. the Are you sure? Floor. Some people get cut in half and still survive when they go down a <laughs> shaft. So hey, it is Star well, Wars. That's called. That's called. We need to make money off this character more some more. Um, but well, well, he did die there, Mike. So uh, Palpatine <laughs> is here. So somehow Palpatine has returned, as I'm, we see. Which I'm is, okay with that. I am. Yeah. With Palpatine returning, I'm a, I, I, I don't have a problem with that. One, it's cool in this comic, and two, I like the idea in general of Palpatine not being dead after, you know, Return to Jedi. Like, it makes sense that he would have a backup plan, a backup plan, a backup plan. Yes. Do I, I think, think he'd is... wait 30 years to do his backup plan? No, but eh, tomato, tomato. Huh? So Palpatine's coming back, and I think they explain it a little bit. They explain it much better than they do in The Rise of Skywalker. And it's just like Spoiler. one page, one page. I know it's a spoiler. I'm sorry, people. If you're just listening, if you haven't seen Rise of Skywalker, you know, cover your ears. <laughs> Go back in time and cover your ears. Right. But in that movie, they just they kind of just say, oh, well, he he's around and they don't really explicitly say it. But here he's like, I'm a clone and he had died before. And it's not the first. It's not the first time I had died. Did you say that here? He I'm not sure. I don't remember this at all. I have the pulled up in front of me, but. Either here or somewhere else, he says, it's not the first time I died, nor will it be the last. And my body has decayed again and again, and each time I need to take another. The dying is painful, the transition is not an enjoyable experience, but the suffering is a small price to pay for eternal life. And that's such a, like, an evil, maniacal monologue of, like, I've, I've died so many times, but all the pain was worth it, so I can have... So I can be immortal and come back, destroy everything. And it's kind of a much better speech than anything he gives in Rise of Skywalker. It also fits Palpatine perfectly. I mean, yes, right. I know the prequel trilogy had not ha- had not happened yet this time. Right. We hadn't had the Clone Wars show. But with everything that has happened, my opinion of Palpatine, like this still fits what Palpatine becomes mm-hmm. in, in, in the canon as they produce more material. Right. Yeah. He's a man who always knows. He always has an escape plan. He always has a backup plan. Right? He's super intelligent. Yeah. Crazy, but super intelligent. Well, yeah, he's a he's a bad man, but he knows what he's doing. He's and stupid. of course, Luke Luke sees this and he says and the you know the it kind of narration kind of says what he's doing. So he must challenge the dark side from within. He must penetrate the power of the dark side. He must learn his secrets. And so he says, Yes, I will join you. My father's destiny is my own. Now, this right. was hit me. I'm like, oh, I did not see this going in the comic. Right. Yes. He pledges his allegiance to, Vol- to Palpatine. Right. Yes. He's joined the dark side. And, and it's, such like- a, it's such a powerful moment. Yeah, Like you said, like it, it hit me, too, when first reading it. And because it's such it's a shock and it's a shocking image. It's in silhouette. And R2-D2 is going weep, weep, weep right next to him. <laughs> but still, you know, it's still a great image. <laughs> With a question mark at the end of that, we <laughs> right, uh, and then you see like kind of Han like questioning what Luke's doing, how Luke went there, and he has a I got a bad feeling about this. Right, it's fine and classic. Line. I think this is when they mention that she's that Leia's pregnant. It's mentioned early. I don't remember mentioned yet. I'm I'm scrolling through the pages, but it is mentioned either this issue or next issue. It is yeah, it's en- it's mentioned fairly early on, but yeah, and that's a key point because she's you know. She's bringing, you know, a Sky- another Skywalker into the world, but then Luke is the one who's... Luke has gone to the dark side, just like Anakin has. Like, what does this mean? Yeah, but at least this made sense. He was going to the dark side to try to stop the dark side, not, you can you can save my wife that hasn't died yet? <laughs> well, oh, you got me! What, I can't kill her myself? Oh, damn, that's not protected. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I will always hate the way that he becomes Vader in that movie. Always. I will never yeah. not... Make fun of that. I, I love. I mean, if you if you cut out that part of the movie and you look at what happens during Clone Wars, 
and you go, okay, I, I understand why he changed. 100% on board, but if you want to go, you, you had the power to bring back the dead, and I had a bad dream. Yeah, sign me up. I'll kill all my friends. Like, <laughs> okay, enough of that. <laughs> doesn't make a lot of sense. I'll, like, I'll grant you that. Well, I mean, it's Lucas for you. <laughs> Lucas is a, you know, somewhat a, a visionary, but visionary needs other people around a visionary to be like, that's not a good idea, sir. Let's do this instead. It has to be collaborative vision. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so I want to talk about the third issue, the cover of the third issue I really, really like. I might actually try to track this down now. Ooh. It's, it has Leia looking at Luke. Luke is kind of like shadowy, but his eyes are glo- are glowing gold. And you have a bunch of TIE bombers and TIE fighters and Star Troys in the background. And she has her hands up. And it's just such a cool cover. Yes, I do remember. I, I'm looking at it now. And yeah, like Luke looks demonic or like a zombie. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something that really jumped out at me. And I'm like, okay. And then I go back to the inside of the guts and I'm like, Ugh. But <laughs> this is when I think they send Luke or not Luke, but they send Han and Leia to go, I think, try to rescue Luke. Or is that a little bit later? Um, let's see. What, I know in the, the book, focus? they're trying to take out the devastators. Like they, yeah. they sent a ton of the fleet to go and try to stop these things. And they're not getting anywhere. Yeah, Lando is uh, Lando's taking care of the Devastators, and there's like lots of good scenes where a Star Destroyer gets eaten by the World Devastator, and like a Star Destroyer is blown up and just falls into orbit. I mean, there's some great action pieces here. Just imagine a Star Destroyer being eaten by something like. Yeah, it's it's really it's kind of a, a stark image if you like Star Wars. You're like, what's bigger than a Star Destroyer, and what could possibly destroy it? And like something you haven't seen before, and I don't think you really see. In any of the movies or anything. So. No, and you get introduced to a new starfighter that they're using. So you have yeah. that. You also have, like, you, and you have Leia has a vision where she sees Vader, but then she sees Luke under Vader's helmet. Right, yeah. And I think he's talking of, to her, too. Yeah, he's talking to her. He's saying, um, he's talking about how he has to join the dark side. Luke has to join the dark side. And, you know, because Luke is, thinks, uh, Leia is, uh, yeah. He can save them. He can stop Palpatine by joining the dark side, which. But he doesn't say that explicitly to Leia. It's kind of like the presence. It was says here the presence is overshadowed by something else. So like kind of it's kind of like Luke's vision was intercepted by Palpatine. And because it says, yes, your brother has missed all and lost. So some part of the dark side was kind of interfering with the vision, giving her this demonic Luke who is half good half sending her a message of I'm here and half sending a message. Luke has failed. He will become one of us forever now. And so she faints. And I, I like that idea because he's always been fighting with the dark side. Right. Yeah. That's just been something that you've had with him. Mm-hmm. It makes it's sense. Look at Return of the Jedi where he comes very close to turning. Yeah. It's that scene where he's, he's you know, Darth Vader's on the ground. He's going to kill him. Oh. You just can't see it. You can't go through with it. And that's something... You know, the dark side is in everybody. I feel like that was the original point of the movies. You know, you can you can fight it, but there's always some part of you that's that's, that's in there wants to get out. And that's why this vision is kind of a powerful thing. Like, it's, he's kind of being overridden in his force vision to Leia. I mean, everything in that in that movie, in that scene, though, in that in Return of the Jedi is <sighs> your hate. I mean, that's everything about it's great. And of course, he's got that black outfit on, you know, he's a. He looks all cool and sleek. I love that outfit, by the way. I'm I know, I know you do. That's why I brought it up. It's like <laughs> really that's your do. primo Luke Luke here. It's to me, it's the coolest Luke. It, you know, that's why I'm another reason I was excited to read this comic, and I just love seeing. I I can't wait to see what Disney does with it with him because you know they're going to. So I'm sure they see. will. Yeah, but this is this comic will be primo. This is like Return of the Jedi Luke just for all all six issues here. Yeah. Which is really good. And then this is also when you have, I don't remember, I can't find if Han when them were sent, but he goes to one of his old planets, Narshada, where he's from, which I don't know if that's been changed too. Yeah, so Narshada was a moon uh, now Hutta, which is where the Huts are from. So it was like, it was like a big, and it was in the Dark Forces game, if you remember too. It's like a big game. It's a big moon. It's like, a, it's a big city in space, kind of. Okay. And so, yeah. Why do they have to do I it? I don't remember so, much. I, I can't remember in Darfur. Is this, a, is this like when you're on the on the city planet? Is that Narshada? 
Yeah, the city, the city planet where you're like, there are a bunch of aliens about there, and you like, you could fall into space and stuff. And everybody was a Bosk, if I remember right, when we did that. Yeah, episode. that's okay. exactly what it was. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, okay, that's, that made, that's where they're going. So they're going a to little find, bit cooler. Yeah, it's. I'm not sure if this was the first appearance or what. I have to look that up, or if it hey, was from if this the is, previous canon. Well, he got the dice too. Where's that page in this book? Tell him when he was in his home planet. Tell her, oh, I got my dice over there. And that's where I got my name, Leia. That's where, yeah, no, that doesn't happen in this one. And he doesn't <laughs> talk about where he got the vest either. I do like that movie, though. But that's here nor there. I, I like how he's going back and seeing old friends in quotations and trying to, right. you know, find out more. And they tur- and it's very cool to see. You end up seeing, like, his old girlfriend or something, and they're right. working together. And This is good Han building, yeah. Yeah, it's good to see Han being, you know, the scoundrel he is and, you know, using his skills to help. And at the end of this issue, it makes a mention about Boba Fett. And I mean, I was like, I mean, I had, I had, I think I had forgotten that Boba Fett, you had told me before Boba Fett's in this book, I think. in one of the other Boba, recordings. We've I know, but you would just, you know, it's like so many things I say, you know, there's a lot of information coming. Plus, but yeah, when you record a podcast, like any, I mean, it goes in one ear out the other. Once you, when you hit, when right. you hit stop recording, everything's gone. I know. I understand. But yes, um, we'll get a little. So that, so Han, they go to Narshada. They're looking for info, and they get attacked by some people. And you know, there's still a bounty. There's still a bounty on the head for killing Jabba, Jabba, which makes sense. And they're also after him and Leia, which I like that that they're after right. Leia because well, she choked him. Right, exactly. And of oh. course, this got out, and everybody's like, "Kill him!" or like, you know, get them. Oh, and they're on the run. Yeah, go ahead. I want to talk about cover four. Oh, sure. This is another cover where I I might actually look for these books because I kind of want them now. Yeah, you should. Um, the fourth cover has Han and Leia and a good drawing of Leia. And it has IG-88, Boba Fett, and everybody's favorite bounty hunter, Dengar. Oh, yes. I'm being completely sarcastic. Nobody nobody likes Dengar. <laughs> I, I like the fact that Dengar's on here because I'm like, oh, another bounty hunter I know. Yeah, well, they're using they're using the people from the original trilogy, and they're they're using them to a great extent in these comics. And that's what's good. Like They're like, these side characters are something that get prominence. Hey, they got one of the best scenes in Empire Strikes Back, but they just stand there. Right, yeah. I mean, how many cards, video games, movies have been have those characters been in because of that one scene? Childhood speculations where remember that when you have one scene with some people standing around and you have so many things spin off from that? I mean, that's the only reason why Dengar is in this comic because he was in that scene. Right. Yeah. And I don't like the way they draw Boba Fett in this. And also, I guess this is the first appearance of Boba Fett. Since oh, right. the Scarlet Pit. Right. So they they come across Boba Fett. Boba Fett scares them. And he's like, but you're dead. And he's like, the Sarlacc family somewhat indigestible solo. And Dengar's there. And they don't explain what happened. They just they do, they just imply and they just say, oh, he's back. I'm okay with he, that. Yeah. I eat. And there, what they did, they did explain, I think it was Tales. There was a book called Tales from Tales of the Bounty Hunters where they talk about what happened with the Sarlacc Pit. But in this, they leave it, you know, for another time. They're like, that's another story. We're not going to we're not going to worry about that. I'm, I'm OK with that. But because it's not part of the story. And there is right. one of the best scenes, one of the best <laughs> panels in comics I have seen in a long time. And oh boy. as Han Solo are running from Boba Fett, right. they end up somebody ends up <laughs> shooting a platform and you see a hut just fall to his death. Right into the abyss. That is a great comic, and I I, I smiled because he, he just and he just says, "Here's the line." It's like uttering an ugly cry of fear. The hut catapults into the abyss. <laughs> I mean, and then Han is like, "Nice shot, Boba." The alliance will send you a medal. Oh yeah, that's a wisecracking that we love, and it, it's so cool. Like I, I I like the huts. I love all that stuff with them. Yeah. So to me to see one just catapult to his death was just great. Oh yes, that is. I remember that when I was a kid too. I remember that panel, and that's that's such a funny scene. It doesn't need to be there. It's just there. No, but that's part of the beauty of it, Mike. It doesn't need to be there, but it should be there. (laughs) It just adds extra. And then you have because Hansel had gotten the information that he needed, and it has him hiding on the back of a ship because that's what he does Mm -hmm. as they fly off the planet. And then it then it cuts back to when you see the Republic or not? They're not the Republic. The Rebels at this point fighting a Devastator, and you see. One of my favorite, for some reason, I really like the design of the guys that work the Death Star that would, you know, hit the buttons in the movie. Oh, yeah, they're in they there. They have, like, that football-style helmet. Mm-hmm. 
they're in this comic for no reason because they're piling the Devastator too, and I really <laughs> like that. Yeah, you know they they use those original trilogy designs too. Yeah, I like it too. Well, don't they? And they take out one of the Devastators right here, don't they? Yeah, one of them gets shut down, but it's mysteriously why. And they think so. The rebels think that they did it, but okay. Lando is not convinced. He says. He sees it just happened too suddenly. So he says, whoever's in charge of these is an idiot. You'd almost think he wants to lose. And he said that Devastator is self-destructed. So you think something else is going on. Because it was Luke, wasn't it? It was Luke, yeah. But they don't say that right away. But it was Luke who's kind of telekinetically destroying these things from afar. And this is also when Han is flying to where the where Palpatine is. I don't think they know. They don't know it's Palpatine, but they're flying to where the Imperials are. It's a giant black ship. that's just huge. It looks like. Kind of like Cloud City. Yeah, right? it's it's uh, the planet Bis, which is like the em- Emperor's kind of like lair, and there is like a giant kind of black, all black, floating city, and the Millennium Falcon is you know is lands there, and Leia you know uses mind force powers to get them grant them access into the facility. Okay. Kind of like you there's know some... these aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> there's some good scenes. Oh yeah, they do that. There's some good scenes here yeah. too where you see the Sentinels, where Luke ends up, you know, sending a vision to her and right. tells her, my master is waiting for you. And you see the Sentinels, which there are action figures of the Sentinels, by the way. Right, yes. I was going to say that, yeah. And I think this is when, this is really cool, because this is when he brings Leia in, mm-hmm. and you see in the background, some of the panels, you see all these tubes of clones all right, over the place. Because yeah. mm-hmm. Palpatine's not planning on dying anytime soon. Right, yeah. And you see where Luke has really turned to the dark side and he's ready to sacrifice his sister sort of to Palpatine. And I like this twist because this is where you see Han is he's ready to kill Luke. Even though they did all this stuff together, they've been fighting together at this point, let's say what, ten, over 10 years. Right. Yeah. Cause six years. I, I forget the movie. The movies are like what, two years apart to each movie. Yeah. It's something like that. I mean, it's, it's a little bit less than 10, I would say, but it's a long time. Okay. But, I mean, he just, he's like, he's like traitor. He's ready to just kick his ass. Yeah, he's mad. And Luke's like, I got a better hand. <laughs> I love that, though, because, yeah. you know, he always had the one hand that was the hand that got cut off in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And it was that little bit of him being like Vader. Right. Yeah. And that plays a part in this. Yeah. And now he's like, I've got, they're making me a better one. And, you know, everyone, Leia's about to hit him with a lightsaber and you think it's about to happen. That's and the cool Emperor's egging it on. He's like, do it. Do it. Well, the emperor is just always trying to just take advantage of a situation. Yeah, and he sh- and he ends up shocking Leia. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's good. Well, she try. Well, she tries to like hit him with some tube from the ceiling, and he's like, "Oh, you thought that would work, did you?" I mean, I like the fact that she tried. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why she thought it worked, but she tried. I mean, that just she's just a badass character, though. Yeah, she tried, and the emperor was just. For any other man, it might have worked, but for the Emperor, it's too much. He shocks her, and Han is like, you filth. He's mad at Luke, he's mad at the Emperor, he's mad at everybody. And Luke kind of takes him by the neck and says, you know, and she says, you're just like him. You're just like, Han says, you're just like Darth Vader. You're just like worse, and I'm going to kill you. And Luke says, I may have to die, but it's not going to be you that kills me. Which is not wrong. I mean, it ain't going to be Han. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna take out a Jedi Knight, especially with no weapons. No, indeed. And then when you jump into the fifth issue, it does start off like a little bit of some weird hunter killer droid, whatever the hell it is that's hunting the Falcon, but that's not super important right now. Yeah. The part that that draws me is when Palpatine is talking with Leia, and he shows her a, a holocron tube. Cute, right? Which, if as the sto- as canon goes, probably at this point, this might have been an early an early version of them. They're everywhere. There right. were thousands of them, millions of them, probably, because it was just, I mean, essentially, it might have been kind of what a podcast is to us. You know, that same idea, just knowledge put onto a thing. Right. I mean, this isn't exactly knowledge, but still, uh, you know, that same idea. In this, it makes it feel like it's one of a kind type item that he has, because when she steals it, he's pretty fucking pissed. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I think it's, yeah, it's definitely supposed to be a rare artifact. It's not supposed to be something common. Or at this time period, it's not supposed to be a common. No. And I like how he's laying on a bed, and she just pushes him over. (laughs) He runs. Yeah, well, she says, you know, he says, I see you're pregnant. Well, you know, your child belongs to me. And, of course, that sets her to fuck off. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, again, he's just using, because he wants the baby, you know, who has Skywalker blood. 
your genes to you know use him. Probably use yeah. probably wants to you know inject himself into him essentially. Oh yes, um, they don't talk about that in this comic, but um, in in the other comics, which you may or may not ever read, like the, uh, they have a son named Anakin who's born, and you know if Palpatine really wants Anakin, he really wants to become in the soul of Anakin. So. Makes sense. I definitely do want to do an episode about Empire Two and the other part. We should definitely. I'm I'm game if you're game. So I am. Okay. I, I do like how you get a scene where Lucas tells the people guards like to leave because he's in charge, but you can kind of see that he still he gives R two D two data that will help the Rebel Alliance. And I like that you kind of see he's he's not really, he didn't really turn to dark side. He's using the dark side. Yeah, I don't think he realizes how much he's you know sucked into it, but he's trying you know to take it to his advantage. Yeah, and Leia's saying that she's like you're in very you're very dangerous territory. Like if you basically saying if you don't if you're not careful, it could it could consume you. And you have Han trying to cut his way out of the jail cell. <laughs> yeah, he's doing a very kinetic solution. So he's he's trying to he's doing the Han way, blasting through things. Except his team members who had been with him ended right. up infiltrating the hunter killer droid and then blasting a hole in the cell to release him. Right. And the scene when he first sees Luke, he's just ready to shoot him, and I love that. Like even though he they're bringing Leia back, he's like, "Oh fuck you, I'm ready to kill you." <laughs> yeah, and it's great. It's tension between the characters. It's like. And that's a great part of, you know, a story is that you have people are supposed to be friends, but they're at odds because of some issue or another. And, you know, it adds a lot of drama to the story. It's good. I really liked it. Oh, yes. And then they escape and there's a giant probe droid that they fly away from, which is a really great comic. Yeah, uh, I wasn't panel. sure. I didn't know it was a probe droid or if it was part of it looks like the base almost. But okay, oh, it's, like, it's like a giant sentinel droid or whatever. Okay. And, and this is... And at the same time, Luke had came on the Falcon with him, and this is when you find out Luke wasn't really there. He They thought he was there, but like, nope, it's not me, bye. Right, so, again, that was used in a movie that you don't want to name, but... Well, yeah. I mean, that movie, you could cut out that movie, not see Last Jedi, and watch Force Awakens, and Rise of Skywalker, and you get all the same information. <laughs> again, no. this the idea of Luke projecting himself as a ghost, um, as a Force spirit, I think... May not, you know, it's definitely originated in this in this book right here. Which is cool to see. It's cool to see yeah. what inspired, you know, when they made Last Jedi, what inspired him to put that in there. He probably read this comic. Oh, that'd be cool to do this. I'm not, yeah. And again, I'm not sure how much inspired it was, but I, you can see that if you said it was inspired by this comic, you would not be surprised. I feel like you would no. see the parallel. At least he took something, got inspiration from somewhere that made sense. <laughs> Let's not get into that right now. Let's get. Let's talk about this next scene, which is. I, I love this when he confronts cool. Palpatine, yeah. and he pretty much he kills him. Yeah, he's first of all he's killing all these clones, which is great. And I was like, I'd love to see that in a movie where he's just slicing through these clones of Palpatine and just coming out like their embryonic state. This one survives. Have Palpatine just hooked up to a giant crane instead? You know, when I was watching the Rise of Skywalker, I was hoping they would do. I was hoping they would rip this off. I was like, I want to see tanks of like young Palpatine, and I thought there'd be so much better image than what they eventually settled on. But a guy on a crane. Yes, <laughs> but alas, they they didn't do this. But here you have like a a young nude Palpatine, which is really cool. And he and yeah. he tries to kill him because he killed the other clones, but young right. Palpatine is able to stop him and defeat him, mm-hmm. which yeah. I really like. Oh, yes. It's such a great fight. And in, in his last line, after he pretty much gets Luke to submit, he's like, now get up. We are going to find your sister. I want my holocron, and I want your sister's child. I'm going to crush the rebellion once and for all. Right? Oh, it's so, so villainous. But also fits so much of him, because he's been trying to do that at this point for years. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is like going to be his final masterpiece. This is how he's going to do it. I mean, it's just so cool to have a young Palpatine, though. Because yeah. he was, he is, I should say, one of the most powerful, like, probably Jedi in general before he became a Sith. Yeah. I mean, he, um, you know, in the movies, he defeats Mace Windu. He defeats multiple Jedi. He takes out Yoda. Like, he is so powerful. They, and he's old at yeah. that point. In the only, this reminds me of, yeah, right before they decanonized it, there was this, a novel called Darth Plagueis, which was the story of young Palpatine. But you see him rise to power, and you see him slowly learn, he slowly recognize that he's powerful and like he he comes to realize this like he, he's kind of like it's kind of like coming out like he realizes oh i'm a big sith lord and it was a very interesting take on the psychology of palpatine and then it was like released like a month before disney bought it and they said none of that exists anymore oh so 
it, but that was such a good novel because the only time you've ever seen like a young Palpatine before before he becomes this evil person, like you just see what happens to make him that. And it's not like it's not like an origin story. It's just more of like you see him grow into this masterful Machiavellian character. So if you ever read in a Star Wars book, I would recommend you try and find that. But I think it's kind of hard to come by these days. Disney show coming soon to Disney Plus. <laughs> Maybe, and they'll have, like, uh, I don't know, Tom Holland play Pal- young Palpatine or something. I don't know. Whatever. <sighs> they do like using him and stuff. They'll just dye his hair red or something. I, don't know. I would like to see a young Palpatine show or something because there's so much there. It would be very fascinating, but I don't know. Maybe they'll never do it. Maybe someday they won't. Yeah, I mean, they're, hey, they're doing more Star Wars. We're not, we're not in the Dark Ages anymore. We, we, we've seen Cruella. You know, if listeners, if listening to this, Cruella has just come out, and, you know, why not do a Corella movie, but with Palpatine? Makes you think. Yeah, one murdered puppies and one mass murdered <laughs> entire universe. But <laughs> yeah, his parents. Maybe his parents are killed by Jedi or something, and so he has to begin. That's why he hates Jedi. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. No, don't do that. If you're listening, <laughs> Disney, don't do that. Just All right, do... I want to talk about the last issue. Sure. Again, this is a cover I really like, where you have Leia on the cover wearing like the black coat thing, holding a lightsaber. Right. Luke fighting Palpatine. It's really good. Well, yeah, that's a really good cover. I think the one before it's good too, where you have young Palpatine kind of holding a lightsaber and like coming out of the the clone uh, clone yeah. birth. And but the last one's good too. Like it's got Leia front and center with like a giant explosion in the background, and like who could go wrong? What could mm-hmm. go wrong? I love the fact that Leia ends up kind of playing, you know, plays a big part in this. So you have. So you have the rebel force, what's left of them, going after the Devastators, and I like seeing them trying to take it down. I think what they load people on it and start shooting everybody or something. Yeah, they kind of repel onto it, like commando style, and then they they the Imperials release like sea uh, water craft that fire on them. But then at some point, you know, Han or R two hacks into the system and gets in the crash. The Devastators that crash into each other as R two does. So. <laughs> And this is kind of like kind of like the movies where every character has something to do with the plot. So like every everybody affects the plot in some way. So R2, C3PO, they all have play their little part in it. And I like that aspect of this. I do too. I like you have Leia looking at the Holocron for some reason yeah. and I guess that character comes back in other comics by the same uh, art writer. And at the same uh, time you have a giant giant black star destroyer show up. Right. And Which, they don't name it here, but it's called the Eclipse. I remember that. It's called the Eclipse. It blows Makes up sense. in this, doesn't it? It, uh, uh, it does. They have, in Dark Empire 2, they have Eclipse Part 2. Anyway. Okay. I remember reading, reading when I was reading the, um, I'd read the Star Wars, you know, vehicle books, and they would mention it was called the Eclipse. So. One thing that's so great is there's a panel where it shows the Eclipse, and then it shows a Star Destroyer on it. Yeah. But the, the ship stretches across the panel. And all I could think of oh, was yes. baseballs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true. If President Scrooge were on board this, that would be, that would be all the better. And don't they, doesn't Leia, like he calls for Leia. I think he says he'll destroy the rebel lions if Leia doesn't come. So Leia just like, okay. And jumps on a shuttle and goes to them. Mm-hmm. She comes again, she trusts that Luke, she'll be able to turn Luke and they'll be able to stop him. Right. Yeah. It I becomes a Leia again. story. But it's cool. He just wants a stupid holocron again. <laughs> he doesn't care about them. He really wants that holocron. Which I thought was weird, but you, you get a couple cool scenes. Like, one, you end up, you get a scene where Leia has a lightsaber, and she fights Luke for a second. I mean, mm-hmm. really, like, one pay, like one panel. The, the, right. Their lightsabers clash, and at the end of that, she talks to him. And he will yeah. train her child and make him a great Jedi. She, he, Luke realizes he's gone too far into the dark side, and he's like, I can't go along with this any further. And he was tempted by Palpatine, and now he's got to do it. Palpatine's just livid. He's like, curse you, Skywalkers. Ah. He's like, my plan is foiled. I'll tell you the truth about your father. The great Darth Vader was a sick man in Iron Mask. A great line. That. Yeah. He's not wrong. Well, he's not wrong. He just It just proved that he didn't even care. Like, Darth Vader was an apprentice. He raised him. He, he nursed him back to health, but he just didn't care. Like, it was all about power to him. I mean... Again, this isn't canon, but also like with the Clone Wars, as you well, that's canon. But as you see, like he's manipulating Anakin all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, even though that none of this was written yet, but the idea is that he never, you know, I love, I love that how he never cared about Vader. Mm-hmm. It's completely believable. Yeah, he was just he's like he's grooming Vader for his own purposes, and it, whatever happens to him, it's 
immaterial to what he finally wants, which is just an apprentice who can, you know, serve him. Because that's what he's doing here with Luke. He's just trying to use Luke. And there's, yeah, he's just trying to use him. And everybody realizes that by this point. And Luke and Leia team up against the Emperor. The Emperor is in this great panel. He's enraged and he swings at Luke with a lightsaber and they fight in a couple panels. He cuts off the Emperor's hand. Which is very cool. That happens a lot in Star Wars. It's just the tail of people's limbs getting chopped off over and over again. And um, this part confused me. Because then, like, the, the force portal that Palpatine creates, a force, whatever the hell that thing is, or a force storm, and he gets eaten by it or something? It's a little bit deus ex machina. Yeah, it, it is a force vortex. They don't really explain it. But it's like, I feel like it's like a, a symbol of Palpatine's rage. Like, that's what okay. it originally was. It's like... Just all his energy balled up here, and and I think Luke and Leia manipulate it to use the storm, I guess a force storm, to destroy the ship that they're on. And enveloped in light, cut off from his garage, Emperor finds himself unable to control the dark power he has unleashed. The storm turns on its maker. That's from the book. And so okay. it destroys the great ship. And you yeah. have the you have the line: "Try not, do or do not. There is no try." Where Luke right. and and this is the line from the book, as Leia's intensity continues to unlock unexpected resources in Luke, the words of Master Yoda spoken years before on Dagobah echo in the minds of the of the sea twin Jedi. Yeah. Um, and my ally is the Force, and a powerful ally it is. Life creates it and makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we not. The cru- This crude matter. That was a terrible Yoda impression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't start till midway through that sentence. But <laughs> I think you did fine without going in the voice. Uh, I wanted to go in the voice. Okay, that makes a little more sense. I read this earlier today. I didn't understand what the hell. I'm like, I thought there'd be more pages. I'm like, what happening? What? The yeah, book it, does, what? it does end kind of abruptly. So the Emperor gets, you know, obliterated. And then by the next page, it's like, well, good times are coming soon. The Jedi will rise again in the end. And Which I thought was very weird. I mean, again, part of it is I know there's a Dark Empire, too. I know there's a third part of this is only two issues. So right, I'm like, yeah. what? I was very confused. Yeah, it does end a little bit abruptly, but at the same time, you know, it definitely packed a lot in there. It is a, it's kind of an epic story. Like, they, they go on so many side quests. You have, like, the Luke stuff and the Lando stuff. And it's like, maybe they couldn't go further because they had reached their page limits, which I as always assumed. Like, this, yeah. is an, this is so packed with stuff. It's kind of like a three-hour movie with all these side stories in it. Yeah, it would have been a good movie, too. Because it's over, yeah. it's a, I think, two years later before Dark Empire 2 comes out. Yeah, something like 95, 94, 95, yeah, so. Well, that, that may, yeah, because this is 91, 92, Dark Empire 2 is 94, 95, and then right. the same year as Empire's End, which is only two issues, which is what wraps up this whole right. series, and yeah. that's also a 95. Okay, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, I think it, it just packs so much in there that, you know, they may have had to end it. It does end with a bang, at least. I will say that. Yeah, because it sucks up the ship. It sucks up Palpatine. They think Palpatine is dead, and and they won. And then we get Dark Empire 2 at some point two years later. You'll see what happens in that one. Okay. We're definitely going to cover that, because I want to read that. I just don't know when, but we'll cover that. We'll cover Yeah. I'm game whenever, I mean. But yes. All right. It, okay, so that, that about wraps up that comic. So that brings us to shelf, stack, or box. And I know last time we recorded, we didn't have that yet. Stack is the is the gray area. It's the middle where you don't want to put in the box, but you don't want to put in the shelf. So we made another thing where you, just, you have it on the stack. Okay. Well, I'll I'll go first. Um, okay. I definitely think put on the shelf. Like, if you like Star Wars, you definitely would want to have this, even if it's just the first the first uh, Dark Empire. Um, It's a classic story. It's well done, well written. And has so much epic stuff in it that I really think it's a quintessential Star Wars book and Star Wars series. And I think some people criticize it because of the fact the Emperor comes back. And I think it's a little bit, a little bit uh, too um, kind of negates the Return of the Jedi. But I think as if you look at it as a kind of a, a new continuation of the the movies, then you'll see that it's worthwhile. And so I definitely put it on your shelf. Okay, I can see how people would say it contradicts, but at the same time. It makes sense that this villain wouldn't just go away and the Empire just wouldn't just fall apart. Right. I mean, like yeah. with the air and the air, the Empire, the little bit of I read of the Timothy Zion trilogy, like, I mean, it makes sense the Empire doesn't just go away. You just kill one guy. It doesn't stop everything. Yeah. You just created a vortex of power. Mm-hmm. I think it I think it does a good job 
of explaining how imp- the Palpatine might survive, and I think it does it better than maybe the sequel trilogy does it. Well, this, the, the the quick minute version, the sequel trilogy wasn't written as a trilogy. It was written as one movie. Then somebody else gave the reins and read a second movie. They went, "Oh shit!" That the audience didn't like that. Then they finished up, wrote something else. <laughs> well, as I mean, JJ said, as JJ said the other day, there was no plan. So yeah, I mean that's that's the problem with that with that series. Right. Yeah, I mean it, you can't you can't start a trilogy and be like, "Where are we gonna go?" Eh, who knows? Figure it out. There was clearly a pen for at least this first book, and it was it was research within the Star Wars, you know, curriculum. So. And as I was doing research for this, I was reading something that said he had to get permission from, because like, Lucas, you know, oversaw everything. He couldn't just do this. Right, yeah. He had exactly. to pitch to Lucas, and Lucas said, okay. Yeah, and that's how, that's how a lot of things were done at the time. So you would go to him, and he would nix ideas and say, no, we can't do that. Because when did Phantom Menace come out? So that was 99, so that was probably oh. eight years later. And from my, what I remember reading about, and sometimes it happened with books. Like a, an author would say, I want to do a book about this. But then Lucas would say, oh, no, I'm going to talk about it on the prequels. So you can't. Like you couldn't mention the Clone Wars because you're like, oh, that will be discussed later. So don't talk about the Clone Wars and just pretend it's just the records are lost or whatever. So Is it discussed? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not really. <laughs> they start and they end. That's all you get in these movies. Yeah. Well, he said, he said, you know, don't talk about it. I'll discuss it in a mini series about 15 years from now. It'll be a TV show with several seasons. Until I'll have nothing to do with because I'll, right. I'll sell the rights throughout the show while I'm still producing the show. Yeah, he had it all figured out back then. <sighs> all right, I'll go next. And this is going to go in the stack. I, I enjoyed it. It's a good Star Wars story, but that art kills me. <laughs> I, I like the way he draws ships, I like the way he draws everybody but Leia. Well, even Han, I don't like how he draws faces. In his other characters' faces, I don't like the way they look. I didn't... For me, a comic is a lot of the art, but again, this is early 90s. I'm not a big 90s art in comics. I need to say that, because that is a... I like the later art versions, like 2000-plus. Like, you look at the New 52 in DC. I like art like that. And even then, I'm picky about my art. Yeah. So, for me, that was my issue with this comic. I did not like the art. I enjoyed the comic. It's, It's fine. It's a good story, but... Yard was so it goes in the stack, not the sh- not the box because still good, still good comic. Okay, so you know, great area. I would recommend it to people if you like Star Wars. I don't have an issue with it. It's just you know, and I didn't like the way they represented Mon Cal- Calamari because I like <laughs> the current canon version. I mean, let's be honest. That's that's about sixty percent of what you have an issue. That's you know forty percent, and then it's the art sixty percent and Mon Calamari. 40%. Yep. that's mainly because again, I have you ever read the Darth Vader run? Yes, the new ones. The new Darth Vader ones, like the past five years or so. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. two of them. Volume Volume one takes place after episode four, but between episode five, I think. Yeah, no, that's what it does. And then the volume two takes place after episode three, leading up sort of like the first couple of years. Yes, I have read most of them. I was reading the trade issues when they came out. So I read most of them and I, I do remember some of the stuff you're talking about. Yeah. It's very, very good. So that also kind of colors my opinion. Right, yeah. Just yeah. have to keep in mind this is much earlier than all. Oh, I, <laughs> I mean, I'll admit when things are me, not an actual problem. <laughs> of course. Property, but me. Right. So, and that about wraps up this episode. But if you enjoyed this, we have done other Star Wars episodes. Uh, we have done Star Wars Dark Forces with Peter, episode 13. Star Wars Republic Commando, our most downloaded episode. Episode 21. God, did that in 2019. Damn. Star Wars Holiday Special. Film number six. I remember <laughs> that very well. Uh, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. Episode 48. Star Wars Knights of the Republic. Episode 69. Part 1 and Part 2. Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Episode 87. Star Wars The Mandalorian Season 2. Uh, TV 1. It's somewhere in there. You'll you'll find if you jump through our episode. We recorded it in March 3rd, 2021 is when it got released. And then our last Star Wars thing at the time of this publication is Star Wars Force Unleashed. Episode 115. If you need more Star Wars... Oh, and I also forgot, because I apparently did not title it Star Wars. We did do the Darth Vader comic, Dark Lord of the Sith comic six. That's what I've been referencing off and on throughout this episode. Okay. So go listen to that. That's a really good episode from what I remember. Okay, and Peter, where can people find you at again? Yeah, so um, I have a novel series, a trilogy called The Fifth Civilization uh, Trilogy. Um, If you find The Fifth Civilization online... You can check it out on Amazon. It's a highly readable, highly intelligent, highly exciting series. So look for that online. And there will be a link in the show notes. You'd go right to Amazon, how they should be. Cool. 
All right, and, and if you enjoyed this episode, we have tons of other episodes. We do games, we do comics, we do movies. So definitely go check all those out. You will see lots of stuff as you browse our catalog of content that I record. And I want to give a shout-out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, a.k.a. Mike Stoney from ZP Bite the Blitz, Song of the Cool Kids Squad. You will see a link in the show notes to his YouTube channel. Definitely go check him out. And we have a Patreon, so if you want to help us out and vote in our, in our monthly polls, just throw us a dollar. You will see a link in the show notes to our Patreon, so definitely go check that out. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We post all the episodes on YouTube, so hey, go follow us there. There's no video content for the show. Is it time of this recording? I doubt there will be time you hear this, but go check us out on there too and give us a give us a sub. And that's all I got. We will see you guys all next time. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.